Welcome to the Logics Academy podcast. My name is Brian Ouellette, and I am excited to bring stories from educators to educators from around the world. Don't forget to follow Logics Academy on social media at Logics Academy and check out our website for new and upcoming information, logicsacademy.com. From all of us at Logics Academy, we would like to wish all of our viewers and listeners a happy holiday season. We hope you take some time during the break to unwind and wish you all the best during this holiday season. And this holiday season, Logics Academy has their top classroom bundles on sale so you can easily integrate coding into your class through fun. To complement these robots, don't forget to take advantage of our full suite of resources to help you easily bring STEM robotics and coding into your classroom. Learn more at logicsacademy.com forward slash curriculum. And now for my amazing conversation as a part two follow-up with Dean Benderman about robotics in high school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Logics Academy podcast. We have uh, a special follow-up episode with the amazing Dean Venderman. On our last episode, we were so excited to talk about Minecraft education and all things Minecraft in the classroom that we didn't even have enough time to get into robotics. And so we thought no better way to go into the holiday break than bring Dean back and talk about his adventures in robotics at the high school level, which is why I'm super, super excited to have you back on the show, Dean. So thank you for coming back on such a short turnaround uh, to talk about robotics at high school. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's really exciting. And uh, yeah, I, I had a great, great time uh, chatting with you last time. I'm excited about uh, having another chat and share kind of what I'm learning about robotics and, and coding. It's uh, ironic, too, that we're doing this during uh, CS uh, week, too. So I think the timing is pretty impeccable. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll try not to go off track into Minecraft and other things. You're doing so many amazing things uh, with your students in your classroom. Uh, but okay, let's dive into it before I get off track. Let's talk about coding and robotics. How, how did you start off with robotics in the classroom and, and maybe what tools do you have access to? Sure. Well, I've uh, had a tech club for um, you know the last few years uh, for students. And we've done, you know, we've had a a Lego Mindstorm that students were playing with uh, on the side. Uh, here in Saskatchewan, uh, our uh, technical institute has a, a sumo bot challenge, and I did that a couple of times with my students over the years and that. But, you know, uh, a robot, the Saskatchewan government, uh, you know, in education, they finally came up the last couple of years with the robotics curriculum. And uh, I said, wow, that, that'd be really cool. And kind of because of COVID, my kid ended up taking a robotics class uh, online uh, from another uh, educator in my division. And uh, it's all relatively new, like I said, a couple of years. And I said, wow, this is really cool. It'd be something that I think students at O'Neill, that where I teach, uh, would really be into. So I talked to this teacher and he was nice enough to share a lot of his information uh, with me. And, I, and and it's kind of uh, kind of par for the course for me with my teaching career. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I know it's good for kids. So I, I took the dive in and kind of a noob, uh, but uh, I got lots of support from our division. And, uh, you know, we uh, I've, I've been lucky to have, uh, you know, good professional learning and network. And uh, yeah, and the kids are great. And uh, we're definitely trying a lot of cool things in the classroom. So let's talk about sumo bots, because that alone sounds super epic. But 
So what is this sumo bots that you referred to? Is it a competition that your district puts on or maybe it's something you attended um, outside of your district? And is that something that still goes on today? Yeah, the sumo bot thing actually, like uh, like our technical institution for the provinces, it used to be called uh, SIAS, like Saskatchewan Institute for uh, Art, like it's like applied arts kind of a thing. And now it's called SAS Polytech. So you go there, it's like, it's not like, it's like, it's not university, but it's a post-secondary degree. Uh, so, you know, when a student goes there, uh, they get trained really well and, but it's short in classes, like you don't get your whole thing in university. So uh, SAS Polytech uh, has put this on for many years uh, where students across our province can gather and uh, yeah, they, they, they get these little kits, uh, these little sumo bots, and then um, you can mod them, which we weren't very good at, but there were some other uh, people around Saskatchewan that were doing some amazing things, modding these out and made them super uh, fast, like putting in lithium batteries and, and that type of thing. So yeah, we went up to Saskatoon a couple times and uh, you know, you have a circle and you, there's two little battle bots and you try to push the other uh, bot, or just like sumo wrestlers, you try to program and push the other bot out of the rings and the kids had a blast with that and that's something i hope that you keep incorporating uh with the robotics we're doing now but there's so many opportunities uh out there like i've been looking into like the lego league and a bunch of other things that uh i'm really hoping to take uh, kids in outside of uh, what we're doing curricular too there's so many uh stem opportunities in robotics and coding uh the sky's the limit actually another cool thing that's going on right now um like kind of locally is that uh, we're going to be making uh, a go-kart uh, and we're going to convert it from uh, gas power to electric power. And we're going to use our robotics class uh, to do that. And then the kids get to race them and do that. So that's the cool thing about robotics. And that is it just provides some unique opportunities uh, for kids to get engaged and get hands-on and real world experience and that. So even though I, I would consider myself kind of a noob, if I can use that term, uh, I know it's good for kids and I know, uh, you know, I learn right along with them. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of the, the key thing to be a lifelong learner. And I think kids appreciate that. But I'm getting a lot of knowledge myself uh, through this whole adventure, which I'm really grateful for. What a cool concept of turning a go-kart from gas power to electric. Because a lot of times, you know, even when you we started talking about robotics, you kind of picture robots. You just think, okay, what kind of robots are we using? But there's more to it than than just using a robot. There's this electrical piece. There's this coding piece to build something else. So, you know, what, what are some of the projects? You just mentioned the go-kart transferring from gas into electric. What are some of the projects that you're doing at the high school level? Because that's huge, right? We don't often hear about robotics and the types of things that happen at the high school level. So what are some projects and tools that are happening in your world right now? Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, the cool thing is with this program, it's, it's also robotics and animation. So we got a bunch of 3D printers uh, as part of the LL2. So our kids have been doing a lot of CAD design and, uh, you know, making like designing little Lego blocks all the way to the toy trains. And I got this one kid, he's doing a passion project and he's doing like a exoskeleton. Like he's got a whole hand thing going and with moving parts, just 3d printed. It just shows you the, the, the power of what's going on with this. And then, yeah, we were, you know, we're doing a lot of coding and learning Python and, and how to do some of that. And then, yeah, these kids are doing some virtual uh, coding for robots and seeing how it works. But then uh, we're using uh you know, different types of robots in our classroom and, and kids are, do, are are trying these things out. 
we even were lucky uh, to have another partnership. And that's what the thing is with our local university. Uh, they have an eyes program. Uh, it's educating youth in engineering and science. And uh, we have a partnership with them and they brought a bunch of like micro bits in and spheros and you, know, you name it. Uh, and the kids got to play and, and try all those things. And we're trying to make a connection uh, with that too. And, and in engineering and, and different things. So uh, yeah, it's just, you know, there's just so much out there and there's so many grants and there's so many opportunities, uh, you know, that they're just starving for uh, teachers to give students uh, these opportunities uh, to do that. And, and they're out there, uh, you know, and yeah, they, the kids get pretty excited. So was it, you, you know, we've said excited a few times, was it hard to engage your students, you know, at the high school level in robotics and in coding, was it was it a hard, hard sales pitch or did they just hook on right away? They're like, let's build this golf cart or go kart. Yeah, well, that's the thing uh, the with this class and just like again, first time offering it, uh, you know, this year as a curriculum course outside of like the tech club, and uh, I, I got two uh, class sections, one this semester and one next semester, so. You know, just had to drop without a lot of advertising because it was, you know, because of COVID and things like that. Uh, you know, it just kind of, we were able to offer it just before class selection. So to have about 50 kids uh, sign up for the course, I think is pretty good. And it's an introductory level. So I've got grade 10s, 11s, and 12s all taking this. And then there's a, there's two, like there's a robotics 10 and a robotics 30. And, and the curriculum is pretty, uh, you know, um, accommodating to try a lot of these new things there there is some flexibility uh built in so yeah the kids uh they they've really you know got into it and just to you know give these students this opportunities to to try things that you know some kids uh they need the hands-on and they need to to see the results of their learning a little quicker or, or you know you kind of wonder like what am i ever going to use this right when they're doing the robotics and animation thing, they're saying, "Well, yeah, they see the practicality of it. They see how they could take it to the next level. They, you know, they see a little Roomba hit them in a foot when they're uh, at home, maybe or see it on TV, and they're like, hey, 'Hey, I'd like to do that.' You know, that kind of thing. So to give students the opportunity to to experience that, uh, it's it's a pretty easy sell. And and you've mentioned, I'll use your terminology of being a noob. Um, <laughs> in robotics and in coding, but what, you know, you mentioned having a colleague or someone as a resource to kind of lean on, but what are some of the resources that you found? And this goes for our listeners and our viewers who are thinking, wow, I'd love to get into robotics and even, you know, introductory coding. What, what are some of the resources that you have found both for yourself for professional learning, but then the tools that you're providing for the students to learn as well? Well, uh, you know, the, the kind of the sponsors of the, the podcast, Logix has a great uh, uh, library and, and wealth of information. Uh, their products are, are really uh, easy to use. And we have a few of those in, in my class, too. And then they got a lot of how to's that you can just jump on and, uh, you know, kind of uh, you get the, the, the kind of you press the video and, and you learn and you stop and you do things and you do some trial and error. So. There's definitely uh, Logix Academy uh, stuff that is amazing too. Uh, we also use some things out of uh, Calgary called fidgets, and uh, those are kind of neat. And they're like little components that make up robots and stuff, and you can make rovers and st stuff there too. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of companies out there that are seeing uh, the benefits of tapping into the education world and usually giving education you know a little bit better deal on the prices and and that type of a thing, but. 
yeah, you know, there, you know, even if they're a curriculum guide, there are some resources and stuff you can tap into. But uh, the power of uh, social media and uh, jumping on to like Twitter or, you know, other, I, I'm kind of partial to Twitter myself, but you can find a, a lot uh, out there uh, for sure if you're looking for things. And, and yeah, the companies are really, um, you know, that like, we use another uh, tool called Onshape uh, to do our uh, computer assisted design too. And uh, they have an education area and that. So there's lots of stuff out there for education. If you, if you take a peek and a look and uh, I think it's going to grow and grow because, you know, we need these, we need students that are going to be trained uh, for these, you know, STEM, uh, I, I prefer STEAM because I throw arts in there too. Uh, these STEAM jobs that are available now and in the future too. So, a lot of companies are saying, "Yeah, we got to we got to hit these kids up in uh, in high schools and in elementary schools and get them excited." So we have this uh, skilled labor force that uh, that we're going to need. Absolutely, and and so for our listeners, and you've mentioned a few times that there's a new curriculum for robotics, you know, in, in your province. For our teachers who may be listening, who are, maybe don't have a robotics curriculum. Do you find that there are a lot of links and a lot of connections that could be made to other curricular contents that, you know, maybe we there's a math teacher listening or, or whatever subject, you know, do you think there's a way to connect that so that they can, you know, maybe make a project out of it or, or include it as part of their, you know, subject area matter? Well, definitely. I think a natural tie-in uh, would definitely be math. And I think in Ontario, actually, they've... Uh, they're including uh, coding inside of their uh, math curriculums now too. And that, so I think it's starting to, to make a, a headway. Like you can definitely make the cell uh, for computational thinking uh, with coding and robotics. And, and, and that definitely plays well to, to math. But I, I think, uh, you know, you can take uh, something like the UN sustainability goals and you can tie that into social studies. And so the students would have to solve a wicked problem uh, that's going on in uh, you know in our society right now, and maybe try to figure out how to get clean water or how to uh, you know uh, do something that would unpollute the air and, and that. And there are a lot of uh, you know uh, resources and stuff out there that would do that. So if you're in social studies and you want to maybe do a social movement, you could use coding and/or robotics to solve a problem like that. Um, even I've seen people use it in English too, like. Just like you compose a, a sentence uh, in English, you can also, how do you compose your coding and put that together? So it, it makes a story and all that. So uh, I've seen, you know, and you can apply that coding to do something where, uh, you know, you can tell out what dif difference between your nouns and your additives or do it a Mad Lib or, or something like that. So, um, you know, there are definitely ways to be creative and do that. I know like even this week uh, in my social studies class, uh, on Friday, we're going to, Minecraft has a really good hour of code uh, activity in there uh, this year that deals with, uh, it's kind of like a time travel thing and you got to go fix, you got to send this guy, a little agent and go and fix the code and that and save like uh, the jazz and saving uh, the, uh, the Apollo mission and different little tasks like that. So there are ways to to definitely incorporate it in. And, you know, even if you're unplugged, like uh, you can even do coding where you could print off paper and kids would, uh, you know, so we don't have the technology available. There is ways to, you know, like even through paper and that kind of figure out that it doesn't have to be a big uh, monster bot or sumo bot uh, to to be considered coding or STEM or, uh, or STEAM or 
or robotics, uh, you can start somewhere small and something you're comfortable with. And even doing like a flow chart, I would argue is, you know, the stepping stones to doing all of this. So you can definitely do that in a lot of other classes as well. Um, amazing. And, and you gave, you know, great examples of being able to do it, you know, kind of offline with low tech. So one thing, Dean, and it happened in our last conversation, I love your amazing examples of the way that you've used this with students. And and you've already kind of given us a sneak peek with, you know, transitioning a, a, a gas powered go-kart into an electric go-kart. What are some other, you know, great examples or, or examples that you have of coding with your students uh, projects that they may have done or whatever it might be, maybe this will help spark our listeners and our viewers to to engage in a project similar to what you you can share. But so what are some ideas? What, what are things that you've done in your class that could ex- inspire others uh, to begin in their classrooms? Well, I, I, what I like to do and, and my students are, are doing right now is I like to in, you know include a passion project or a genius hour uh, project in where the kids, you know, have some ownership and, and say, I think a lot of students uh, kind of feel school is something done to them. And, and it takes them a while to get it around their head to do a passion project or, you know, but it's, they have to pitch something. And that's something I think is a, a really important skill uh, now and in the future for everybody. Um, you know, so if you could carve out some time, like even it'd be nice if you could do an hour a week or somehow fit, fill it in. And then get these kids to come and come up with their own projects that deal with robotics or coding and that and see where they take it. And I, even with my own students that I have, I, I tell them it's not about the end product. Maybe they never finish off that. Like I know some students are this guy that I was talking about was really into 3D printing and he wants to do this whole exoskeleton. If he doesn't get it done in, in time, uh, so to speak, by the end of the semester, I'm more concerned about the journey. I tell them to take pictures and document it and, and share the trials and tribulations of, about it. Like, you know, or, and I've got some guys that are trying to kind of code an app and, and that type of thing. And I don't expect them at the end to have their app working 100%. But I am expecting is that, okay, well, what did you look at? What was your prototype? What did you research? Who did you talk to? Uh, what did you come up with, uh, you know, at the end uh, with this go-kart, like I was mentioning, it's going to, I got so kids so excited about it that they're, they're going to choose as their genius hour project, but it goes past this semester, but the kids say, yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll keep on. So when our semester ends, they'll report on what they've learned. Right. But it won't be done per se, you know, and, that, and that's okay. And I think, you know, if, if teachers maybe take that, you know, that kind of approach and put in a genius hour and, tie it in and, 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 you know, have students again, pitch it, build it, make mistakes, revisit it, uh, document it, you know, those type of things. Um, I think that that's a really positive way in getting kids excited and you never know what's going to spin off, uh, you know, from that too. Maybe, uh, you know, they're going one direction and they zag another direction, which is, you know, learning's messy. So I think we need to embrace that. And I think, you know, opportunities in coding and robotics, uh, definitely have that element of messiness in it, which I think is, is super healthy. But as a teacher, you got to be a bit of a risk taker and, and you got to, you know, see where these kids are going and, and have that conversation with them. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And you've said some amazing things there where, 
you know, the journey is the most valuable part because the end product may not, you know, maybe come to fulfillment at the end of this time, but the journey there are, are the skills that they've built, the, the opportunities to grow as individuals and as learners is huge. That's huge. And learning is messy. Um, and, and maybe the traditional way that we've been learning and teaching doesn't really suit all students. And maybe this messy learning, this messy learning environment help them grow into global citizens as they move forward into the STEAM industry, as you mentioned earlier on. And Dean, so we are at a part in the show where I like to ask our specialists, you just did this on the last show, but it's our top three. I'd like to know for our listeners and our viewers, what are your top three tips for our listeners and our viewers who, who are trying to get started in robotics or, or in coding? What would be your top three tips to them? Well, we kind of mentioned throughout the, the podcast, I definitely think uh, you as a teacher have to be a, a risk taker and, and be comfortable with not having all the answers and, and knowing it. I know sometimes as teachers, we want to be the, you know, in control of the content, and the vessels of, con- uh, you know, and kind of the sage on the sage type of thing. I'm sure maybe you've heard th- that analogy gets used a lot, but yeah, you definitely become a, a you know, a guide on the side and a facilitator and a lifelong learner uh, with the kids. So Definitely one tip would be take a risk and, and uh, you know, um, it's okay if you don't know everything. You're, you're not, I don't anyways, uh, you're not going to know anything. Uh, other thing I would say is definitely uh, develop a professional learning network. Uh, you know, uh, listen to different podcasts like this awesome podcast. Um, you know, reach out on social media such as Twitter. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things that are, are willing to share. So, um, you know, if you're a little hesitant because you're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that are more than willing to, to help and have some really good ideas that, uh, you know, you're, they're willing to, to share. And then the, the last tip I would definitely say is just uh, trust your kids and, and, let the, and um, you know, let the kids teach you and let the kids, uh, you know, have that opportunity to, to be something different, right, and to be something more and to, you know, like sometimes, you know, we cater to maybe the 20% so or so whatever in schools. But I think these opportunities open the doors more. And one thing I know that I'm trying to work on, too, is that we need more girls in coding and, and STEM. Uh, unfortunately, this one class I have only have one girl. and She's a rock star. Like uh, she's probably my best student. And, and I think we need more of that. We need to, to promote uh, more girls uh, taking coding and, and STEM and all those type of things too. So uh, make it accessible for, for all and, and uh, you know, just let the students uh, kind of take it uh, where they be. I think, you know, if we always do what we've always done and we're always going to get the same thing, so to speak. So I think by offering this, uh, I think the sky is the limit and uh, I think we're doing the kids a, a really good service for everybody's future in, in providing those skills and those opportunities to solve wicked problems that don't even exist yet. It's classes like this that would, uh, and opportunities like this that, that could make that happen. Why not one of our kids, right? But if they don't have that opportunity, um, you know, they might not ever, we may not see that. So, uh, yeah, give the kids a shot. Absolutely amazing words of advice. You know, let's give them an opportunity. Let's provide them with a different venue, if you will, to learn, explore, and who knows, right? Who knows who might be sitting in that class experiencing that learning opportunity and who knows what they come up with, you know, down the road. 
Um, so absolutely amazing words of advice. And, and Dean, thank you so much for joining me on the show again to talk about robotics and coding and how you got started, you know, and, and sharing some some tips for for resources and supports that other teachers may need to get started in their own classrooms. And as always, don't forget to follow uh, Dean on, on Twitter, social media at um, Vendy 55 to see the amazing things that he's doing and get some, you know, little tidbits of inspiration from from his social media as well. Because as we've mentioned, uh, a social network, a professional learning network is huge when embarking in a new journey. And as always, don't forget to follow Logics Academy at Logics Academy to see all the inspiring things that are happening from across the globe, um, you know, using different tools and techniques in education. As always, my name is Brian Willette. This was the Logics Academy podcast. And don't forget, together, let's inspire innovation across the nation. Thank you.